the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. By Kettering Baptist Church. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. For the next few moments, I want to uh, invite your attention to Leviticus chapter 17. We'll begin our reading at verse 8. The word of the Lord reads as follows. Also, you shall say to them, whatever man of the house of Israel or of the strangers who dwells among you, who offers a burnt offering or sacrifice and does not bring it to the door of the tabernacle of meeting to offer it to the Lord, that man shall be cut off from among his people. And whatever man of the house of Israel or of the strangers who dwells among you, who eats any blood, I will set my face against that person who eats blood and will cut him off from among his people. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. Amen. As we look at uh, Leviticus chapter 17, and for those of you who've been coming to Bible study, we've been going through uh, Leviticus as a book, studying and finding uh, quite a, a bit of nuggets of encouragement and wisdom. Uh, as it relates to our service and to the kingdom of God. In Leviticus chapter 16, actually, the Lord gives a very detailed uh, guideline for how the priest, the high priest, is going, is supposed to go in, offer the uh, sacrifices on the Day of Atonement, the seventh month, tenth day. Uh, and so God gives a very detailed description of how that's supposed to take place, what exactly they're supposed to do, how they're supposed to do it, what parts of the animals and sacrifice they can eat and can't eat, what parts are burned inside the temple, what parts are disposed of outside the temple. Every detail of the entire sacrificial process is laid out in Leviticus chapter 16. And actually in Leviticus chapters 1 through 7, what the Lord does is lay out uh, even for the priest and, and the ceremonial cleaning for them and how they're to be washed and how their garments are supposed to be arrayed and how they're supposed to dress and what, what to do with the blood. And every aspect of every detail of how they're supposed to serve in the presence of God is laid out throughout those chapters, chapters 1 through 7 and also chapter 16. And as, as I was going through this and I thought about the idea of back to ministry and focusing on getting our, our minds wrapped back around on serving the Lord, coming out of that vacation mode. And, you know, now the rubber gets ready, hits the road, and just getting our minds focused back on service. I, I paused for a moment as I was reading through uh, this, and even as I was meditating and we were in prayer, and I thought about, Lord, what is this all about anyway? What What is this whole service 
thing about? What are we, what are we doing? What, what is the whole basis of what we're calling ministry all about anyway? What are we doing? You know, in other words, are we just coming to church to be churchy? Are we just showing up to meet our friends and socialize, get fried chicken dinner? Uh, as I, I kind of kept coming back to this Leviticus 1711 passage and, uh, and just got kind of stuck there. And so I want to kind of use that and these verses that uh, we've looked at here to talk to you for a few moments from the subject matter, blood service. As we come through verses 8, 9, and 10, what the Lord does is he says, look, and actually if you read through chapter 17, the beginning verse of chapter 17, he's, he's saying to them, look, I don't want you doing things for me any kind of way. There's an order, there's a structure. And he's instituting for them a change in some of what they were doing because some of them were uh, offering sacrifices and cutting up animals out in the field and, and some of them were doing it at their house and they figured, oh, that's good enough. And, and, and the Lord says, no, there's a way in which you are to serve me. There's a way in which you are to approach me. There's a way in which I want it done. And since you're serving me, I have a right to lay out for us how we're supposed to serve him. And so uh, he, he goes through the whole process there. And then in chapter uh, 17, verses 8 and 9, he kind of says, look, anybody who offers the sacrifice if they, and, and they don't bring the offering, if they don't bring the, the sacrificial offering to the tabernacle, then uh, I'm, I'm going to cut them off. They won't be accepted. Then secondly, he comes back and says, anybody who partakes of the blood, uh, the focus is on Israel and how they're going to worship him, how they are to honor him. And he says, look, you can't eat the blood. And he kind of lays that out in generality. Then he comes back in verse 11, and he gets very, very specific. And that's where I'm going to spend my time, right there in verse number 11. I want to get to the specifics of what he deals with here. Because what I believe as he becomes more specific in verse number 11, you know, about not eating blood and, and, and about, you know, offering the sacrifices and how he wants it done and how is the sacrifice of service to be provided to the Lord. Um, I'm going to tie all that together by the grace of God. Now, the first thing that he, he says here, he says, verse number 11, he says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. What he begins by helping us to understand about the price of the blood, price, the value of the blood. And he says in verse 11, he says, now the life of the flesh is in the blood. Now, this is biology 101. Without blood, there's no life in the flesh. But, but beyond biology 101, there, there's something more significant taking place here as it relates to ministry, as it relates to serving God. Because without the blood, you cannot have life in your service. I wish I had some Holy Ghost help up in here. But watch this. It, it, without, the, without the blood, without blood, even your worship has no life. Y'all ever seen lifeless worship? Praise Him. Praise him. That's lifeless worship. I mean, when you see it, what you really want to do is say ashes to ashes and dust to dust. And, and you, you just want to bury it and, and you want to say the last rites and rituals over it. But, but the life of the flesh is, is all caught up in the blood. I'm trying to get us to focus on what, what this thing is really all about. What are we here for? Why, why do we all come together? Why, why do we call ourselves saints of God in the first place? Well, it's because life came in the blood. 
what the Lord is trying to do is help them understand why they shouldn't partake of it, first of all, why you shouldn't be eating it. Because if you take the f your blood out of the animal, and that's the lifeblood of the animal. But more importantly for you and I, we need to understand that the value and the price of that blood is life. Now, I'm of the strong and firm opinion that a whole lot of us take for granted the value of the blood in our service. We, we have a tendency to believe that it was your blood that allowed you to serve and not his blood. But the life of flesh, the life of our ministry, the life of our servitude came in the blood. It's rooted, it's grounded in the blood. And without blood, there's, there's no life at all. Second thing he says here, he says, now the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. The price is what we have to focus on first. We got to understand the price. The second thing is the place that the blood needs to be ministered. It, the, the place of the blood is so critically significant, not just in this text, but watch this. Let me back up for a moment because if I go all the way back to Leviticus, the first six, seven chapters, what, I, what you'll find out is that before the high priest could come in and offer a sacrifice for you, he had to go in and first somebody else had to wash him physically, put water, soap, and wash him down. They had to wash him first. Then he got dressed in, in part of his garments and they had to take blood and they had to take that, that blood and sprinkle the blood on him first. They had to sanctify him because he couldn't serve God until he first was clean. I wish I had some help right there. You need to understand, you can't serve God any kind of way because you got to be covered in the blood. And before the high priest could go in and minister for anybody else and intercede for anybody else and sing for anybody else and offer anything for anybody else and preach for anybody else, he first had to be sanctified and covered in the blood. And the blood then ultimately that the priest gathered up from the sacrifice that you brought to the tabernacle had to then go and be sprinkled on the altar because it was on the altar where the presence of God came and you couldn't get any respect from God until you gave him blood where he required it to be given. Uh. See, a whole lot of us want to give blood in places God never required you to give it. Some of us want to give blood at home, and you're a hometown sacrifice person. Some of us like to do it in the field. You'll, you'll do it on your job. You'll sacrifice on your job. You'll work 12 hours, and they won't even pay you overtime. And you got no problem with that because you want to be the number one person on your job. But, but God says the sacrifice that I'm looking for needs to have its blood sprinkled on the altar. I've given you the blood that it might go on the altar so that it can make atonements for your soul. There's a redemptive picture being painted here in the midst of the text because what the Lord is, is trying to help us understand is that there, there needs to be some deliverance that takes place. And this deliverance ultimately is going to come through the blood. But in the, the case of Israel, if you go uh, back to verses 3 and verse 4 of chapter 17, it says, whatever man of the house of Israel who kills an ox or an, a lamb or a goat in the camp or kills it outside the camp, and does not bring it to the door of the tabernacle, or the meeting of the offering of the Lord before the tabernacle, the Lord, the guilt of the bloodshed shall be imputed to that man. Now remember, they only, they're only getting an atonement offering one time a year. So for the rest of the year, you're carrying all the other guilt with you. And for those who don't give the offering and don't 
bring it to the tabernacle because, again, like I said, see, they're, they're doing it in the field. Not only are they doing it in the field, but also he'll go on in, 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 uh, in verse number five, I believe it is, and he'll talk about the one that's doing it at home. He's slaughtering his animal at home and, and thinking that's good enough for the Lord. But ultimately what they were really doing, they were offering sacrifices to false gods, and gods were saying, no, don't, don't be just slaughtering animals anywhere talking about that's my sacrifice. No, bring your offering to the house of God and make it count here. And what he does, ultimately, he alleviates the opportunity for them to make sacrifices to false gods. How does that apply to you and I? Well, if you bring your offering to the altar of the Lord and you give your servitude to him, then that alleviates the opportunity for you to be serving some other entity and some other organization in the name of the Lord. He said, I've given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your soul. Now, why does my soul need atonement? Because there's times when my soul not at ease. I don't know about you, but every now and then, my, my soul just a little bit unstable. It needs a little blood. You know, I need an infusion. Maybe I'm part vampire or something, but I need some blood every now and then to just wash me and infuse me to get me prepared to keep doing what I got to do. Every now and then, you know, you, your mind might get tangled and drift off somewhere where it ought not be. And you need a little blood to cover that mind to bring it back into sanctity and bring it back into order so I can do what I got to do. Every now and then you drift a little bit and, and you need some blood. And so God says, I've given you a place for the blood to be offered. There's a, a price of the blood. There's a place for the blood. Now, the last thing he's going to deal with here is the purpose of the blood. It's right there in verse number 11. The last part, he says, for it is the blood that makes atonement for your soul. That's the purpose of the blood. Uh, we know that the, the price of the blood is life, okay? Uh, without, uh, without, without the blood, there's no life. Uh, the, the place for the blood was the altar. It, it needs to go on the altar. You can't just offer sacrifices anywhere. You just, it needs to be on the altar. And God's given us blood on the altar to make atonement for our soul. But now the purpose of the blood, for it is the blood that makes atonement for your soul. Pastor, what is atonement? Atonement is appeasement. It is the thing that gives cleansing or pardon for your soul. Well, who came up with that? Whose idea was it to use blood? Well, it was God's idea. Well, well why did God come up with blood? Well, he's sovereign. He comes up with whatever he wants to come up with. He, he decided that the way in which I was going to redeem the blood that Adam and Eve tainted in the Garden of Eve uh, it was I'm going to use blood, and, and blood is going to be the required cost. Well, we've got to have something that's going to appease God as a result of our sin. God, God established that in order to appease me, in other words, for you to come back into right relationship with me, I need something to pay the price that would appease my anger and appease my judgment because the wages of sin is death. And so because the wages of sin was death, I needed something to pay. Watch this. I needed something to pay that you might move from death to life. Are y'all still with me? But, but watch this. You can't move from death to life without blood because the life of the flesh is in the and so here we go. So I need blood to bring you from death to life because when Adam and Eve sinned, they plunged us all into death. For in Adam, we all die. That's what the word of God says. But in order for us to come back to life, we needed blood. Now, here's the problem. In the Old Testament, they're offering animals, goats, bulls, sheep, turtle doves. They're throwing up everything in the name of the Lord, cutting up, cutting off, uh, you know, pigeon heads, squeezing the blood out, sprinkling that over the altar. They slitting the throats of goats and lambs and bulls and sprinkling that all over the altar. But here's the problem. 
as far as I know, you and I cannot be brought back to life with bull's blood. Goat blood won't, won't function in your bodies. There's a reason why there had to be human blood shed for us. Because human blood brings humans from death to life. Here's the, here's the dilemma. The dilemma is there was no one who had human blood that wasn't tainted. Every human had tainted blood. And so therefore, God had to provide an offering on the altar to bring us from death to life. And since the life of the flesh is in the blood, he gave us Jesus that he might die and provide blood to bring us back to life. And watch this. Now, I can't serve God until I come to life. There's a whole lot of people that think they can. Oh, I'm in church and I'm, I serve on this and I do this and I do that. No, you're not serving God because God is, a, is the God of the living, not a God of the dead. Dead folk can't serve God. So until you pass from death to life, you're just serving yourself. And ultimately serving your father, the devil. Watch this. So, so you've got to have you've got to have the blood to bring you to life, because the purpose of the blood is to make atonement. In other words, to appease God, to please God, to cleanse us, to wash us, to purge us of our imperfection. We needed a blood transfusion. And even though in the Old Testament they gave bulls and goats and lambs and heifers and pigeons and turtle doves, Hebrews comes back and says, but the blood of bulls, goats, and lambs could never atone for the sin that man had created. So we needed the blood of Jesus. Now, he came ultimately as our high priest who didn't have to go in and sprinkle blood on himself. I remember I told you the high priest had to go in. He had to get washed. He had to get sprinkled. He had to throw blood on himself. They had to cut open a a, a bull for him and sprinkle blood on him. Then then he went in and offered a sacrifice of the blood that you gave, bull, goat, lamb, whatever. Then he went and sprinkled that on the altar. But, But Jesus Christ offered himself on the altar. Now, his altar didn't quite look like the altar that was in the tabernacle. It, it didn't, have the, uh, didn't have the mercy seat, but there was a seat of mercy. Mm. See, see he, he was kind of seated like this. He, he was, and, and between him, there wasn't two winged seraphims, but there were two winged sinners. One was on his way to glory, and the other one was on his way to hell. My God. But there on the altar, he shed his blood to make atonement for your sin and my sin. And he sprinkled it all around enough, watch this, so that it would never lose authoritative power. Because, see, the purpose of his blood was to make atonement for our sin. Now, watch this. This this is where I'm, I'm getting back to. Why do we do ministry in the first place? For my... Smart Christians that say, to glorify God. That's right. We, we, we serve to glorify God. We serve out of an attitude of gratitude. We're not serving to be saved. We serve because we're saved. 
In other words, I'm not serving to get the blood. I serve because I got the blood. Are y'all still with me? Now, and the reason, and, and the reason why we're serving in the first place is, is, yes, we're serving to glorify God, but we're serving that others who don't have the blood might come into the blood. Y'all see that? And so our ministry, whether I'm singing, whether I'm preaching, whether I'm praying, whether I'm ushering, whether I'm a trustee, deacon, whatever, whether whoever I am, as a child of God, my primary ministry comes from the Great Commission that said I need to go and tell others about what? The blood. I need to tell them about this blood that makes atonement for sin. Because without this blood, their souls will be eternally lost and never be able to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't care how many candles they burn. I don't care how how many chants they chant. I don't care how lost they get in themselves and in their own minds. They will never come into a relationship with Jesus Christ without blood. And here's another one for the reason why no other faith can ever can bring us into atonement with Christ is because no other faith has offered blood. Almost, matter of fact, nearly every other faith other than Christianity offers service. But you, I just, I told you from the beginning, you can't serve if you're dead. Y'all ever seen any dead folk uh, cutting grass around the graveyard? Dusting off the tombstones, resetting the grass, sprinkling anything, sprinkler system, nothing. Dead folk can't serve. And so we need blood in order to serve. And so that's why no other faith will ever bring you into atonement or into agreement or will ever appease Jesus Christ or appease God because no other faith has the blood of Christ to redeem us from our sin. Pastor, that, that's, that's kind of heavy. Okay, watch this. That's why in our service, when we serve, when we move forward this year in ministry, we need to value the price of the blood. Because the price of the blood was Jesus' life. It cost him his life. It was free to you, but it ain't cheap. Y'all see that? The blood is priceless. Okay? And, and now the place of the blood is on the altar. Where's the altar? The altar for us was Calvary. That was the altar that we, that the, where, the, where the sacrifice was made on our benefit. But the purpose of the blood was to make atonement for our sin. And the reason we're doing ministry at all is so that this lost, dark, dying world will come into the knowledge and into the benefit of the blood of Jesus Christ. Because that blood was given on the altar to make atonement for the souls of men and women, boys and girls. But until we come into the blood of Jesus, we will all continue to be lost and have no capability of serving God whatsoever. Simple message or a little heavy, just a little twist on it. But I wanted y'all to grab, I want you to grab a hold of that as you move forward. Because I don't want you serving thinking that, you know what, I'm just doing this. No, there's a purpose behind what you're doing. 
you're, 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 you're pointing to Christ. Everything is pointing to Christ. Everything is pointing to Calvary. Everything is pointing to the blood. Everything that we do ought to be sprinkled in blood. Every, everything that we, all, all of our service ought to be sanctified in blood. Before we go out to do what we do, we ought to purify ourselves in blood. We ought to spend some time in meditation under the blood. We ought to sing about the blood, talk about the blood, bathe in the blood, wash in the blood. We all need the blood. And the good news is this, that the blood has not lost any of its power. It still has the same soul-saving capability that it had way back when John the Baptist needed it, way back when Paul needed it, way back when Peter needed it, way back. It still has the same power to save, to deliver, to set free, even today, the blood. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-574-3515. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Hey, Richard Karn here with Christine Polera, and you know what? We know a thing or two about home improvement. I'd say so. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.